0: Ship, 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 ship.
1: This is what Amanda Stoffel's life as a farmer in 2023 looks like raising and grazing sheep among a vast field of solar panels.
0: It's a new, modern approach to
1: agriculture. Her growing flock helps to maintain vegetation at Elm Branch Solar Farm, about an hour south of Dallas, Texas. The farm is operated by Lightsource BP, a solar energy developer that's 50% owned by British oil major BP. Lightsource is investing in solar developments like this which combine energy production with agricultural activities like sheep grazing, beekeeping, and hopefully someday crop growing.
2: These are six and a half ounce jars, but they hold eight ounces of honey. And so it says on our solar farm honey. We just packaged this up just a couple of days ago.
1: This is all part of an emerging industry called agrivoltaics that oil giants like BP and Shell are getting into as they seek to burnish their green energy portfolios and enter into new markets.
3: There are state policies and goals that are driving a lot of development of utility-scale solar projects all across the nation. These solar projects need to find somewhere to build these projects, and in many ways they are finding very willing and eager owners with many agricultural landowners and farmers.
1: Landowners like Stoffels and Karanik can earn a guaranteed monthly income by leasing their farmland to solar developers like LightSource. In this case, LightSource also pays Stoffels for sheep grazing, as her herd keeps the plants around the panels in check and pays Karanik for the honey that he produces at a nearby farm. But actually growing crops on solar farms is still a nascent industry, leading to some land use concerns.
2: Solar takes some of the best land out of production because they want land that's one to four percent slope, and that's some of the best land there is.
1: Still, agrivoltaic projects are as close to a win-win for farmers and solar developers as we have right now. And as the solar industry rapidly expands, experts say that this type of multi-use land management will become more and more common. Nation's decarbonization goals is going to involve building out a massive amount of utility scale solar.
0: To decarbonize our energy grid, we need about a thousand gigawatts of solar deployment, up from about 150 gigawatts today. That doesn't require a ton of land, about six million acres of land, or you know, only about a third of a percent of all the land in the uh, contiguous United States.
1: Agricultural land comprises a whopping 44 percent of the United States total land area and often has ideal characteristics for solar energy production.
0: We are often looking for areas that are flat, areas that do not have extensive trees and vegetation, and that are located close to, to transmission and power lines.
1: But developers' interest in farmland can cause tension with farmers.
3: That Even though the United States is a very large country with a lot of available land. Every single square inch of land is either owned, protected or cherished by someone or many people. And many people do not wanna see that land change or transform into something different from what it has been and for good reason.
1: Agrivoltaic projects could be a sort of compromise.
3: So agrivoltaics really offers us that opportunity to continue farming, continue doing these agricultural activities while also producing clean electricity.
1: Today, the U.S. has about 5 gigawatts of agrivoltaic projects, encompassing 35,000 acres across over 30 different states. This only represents about 3% of the country's entire installed solar capacity, but it's growing.
0: For solar developers, I think the attraction of agrivoltaics is largely that it helps with community acceptance and community excitement about solar projects grazing land in this country is about a third of all of our our land use. And if you're able to make that a dual use with solar energy production, you have now opened up a a huge potential uh, market space that wasn't open before.
1: LightSource BP operates a combined 615 megawatts of sheep grazing and solar power projects, 12 percent of the nation's entire agrivoltaic portfolio. And the company plans to add an additional 1,058 megawatts worth of projects next year. Through its 44% stake in solar developer Silicon Ranch, Shell is also involved in the space. Silicon Ranch operates 1,300 megawatts of agrivoltaic projects, a full 26% of the nation's total, with an additional 900 megawatts planned over the next two years. American oil majors like Chevron and Exxon haven't invested in agrivoltaics, and while there are other players in the domestic market, they're generally much smaller scale than LightSource and Silicon Ranch. Amanda Stoffels and her husband bought 100 acres of farmland after they got married in 2005. On top of their 9 to 5 jobs, they raised cattle on their land for 15 years. But when the opportunity arose to lease land to Lightsource BP, the steady monthly payments allowed Stoffels to quit her other job and farm full-time. Now the majority of her land is devoted to solar, and she's acquired a growing flock of 350 sheep. Lightsource pays her to graze her sheep on the solar farm so that the surrounding vegetation doesn't grow so high that it blocks the panels.
0: When people ask me, well, why do you do it, it allows me to diversify our income, um, still be in the agricultural business, and to be able to utilize modern life and hold on to an ancient practice of shepherding sheep.
1: There are a total of 10 families, including the Stoffels, that partner with LightSource to graze sheep amongst the panels, and two families that have beekeeping operations on site. Lexi Hain, director of agrivoltaics and land management at LightSource, says that the more direct benefits families like these see, the easier it is to get solar projects approved in what can be a notoriously difficult permitting environment.
0: It's the farmer partners that are the most important, those community members who they might be your landowners, they might be the neighbors, they might be the sheep farmer who want that grazing opportunity. But that's the real thing that helps a project through through permitting.
1: Tom Koranek is a landowner with a background in the crop protection industry, which focuses on products like herbicides and insecticides. He used to grow crops on the 168 acres of land that he now leases to LightSource. The
2: solar farm has been a farm for a long time, over 100 years. And uh, we purchased it about 12 years ago. And since then, we've grown, rotated there, cotton, corn, sorghum, sunflowers, and wheat. And then in about... 19, we leased it to the solar farm.
1: Karanik couldn't disclose the specifics of his contract with LightSource, but said that the money from the lease has allowed him to make improvements on the remaining 172 acres that he still operates. So leasing it for solar, how much do you make per year? We signed an agreement not to discuss it.
2: It's more more than row crop, I'll tell you that.
1: As a part of his contract, he also has a commitment to sell 1,500 jars of honey to LightSource over a three-year period, which the company then gives away as promotional gifts.
2: We've increased our number of hives, and we will continue to increase it to meet our commitment to the solar company.
1: The shell-backed solar developer Silicon Ranch has a different model. While most solar developers lease their land, Silicon Ranch buys it outright, often purchasing degraded farmland that's no longer in production. The company focuses on regenerative land management, aiming to improve soil quality by eliminating the use of pesticides and herbicides and implementing more intentional grazing methods, among other things.
4: We, from the beginning, said, we want to tell these communities that we are committed for the long haul and we're going to become members of these communities in meaningful ways. So our business model of owning real estate was a function of how we viewed this asset class.
1: The company operates primarily in the southeast in states like Tennessee, Georgia and Mississippi, mostly buying land from large corporate landholders. Like LightSource, Silicon Ranch pays local ranchers to graze sheep on their solar farms. But Farr says that they've actually run up against a sheep shortage, leading the company to invest in its own flock.
4: We started with a flock of about 600. Today we've grown that flock to 2,000. And if all of our projections pan out, we think we'll have a flock of over 30,000 sheep by 2030.
1: But among farmers, solar development is still often viewed with a certain degree of skepticism, even if agrivoltaic elements like sheep grazing and pollinator habitats are involved.
2: It's kind of a touchy subject with a lot of farmers because they want to m- maintain their property and crop production. And they understand the need to transition to maybe some more different kinds of, of energy production. But at the same time, their land has been in production for over 100 years in their family, and, and they're really tied to the land.
1: Though many crops like tomatoes and broccoli can theoretically grow beneath solar panels, the design of the solar array usually needs to be altered. Often by further elevating the panels to allow taller crops to grow. But this is costly. And while the economics can work for small scale projects in markets with strong solar incentives, scaling up is a challenge.
3: But as we go beyond some of these specialty markets and get into utility scale solar projects, the design accommodations one might make to grow crops underneath and in between solar panels. Are going to be more expensive and have a bigger impact on the overall economic viability of that, that solar
1: project. Macknick says that given existing costs in energy markets, he doesn't see crop production happening at a scale larger than five megawatts, which is about 30 times smaller than the light source farms where Stoffels and Karanek work. And when it comes to grazing, animals besides sheep pose distinct challenges. Goats are prone to chewing on the panels' wires, while calves and horses are so large that they can damage the panels and are physically unable to graze beneath them. But if you're a landowner, Chronic says that you can definitely stand to benefit from leasing.
2: It's a much better financial contribution than growing crops. Crops are very risky, so some years you may make a good return and other years you may not. And so this is a steady income year every year.
1: Farr says that for many families, selling the land outright can be an even more attractive option than a long-term lease especially if that land is no longer in production.
4: What we see a lot of is there has been a farm in the family, and the parents have either passed or done farming, and it's now in multiple children's hands, and none of them agree on what to do. Being able to sell the farm for a meaningful amount of liquid capital on day one is a very helpful for, for families that can't agree on how best to monetize the asset they've inherited from their parents.
1: But whether developers are leasing or buying, everyone agrees that making the value proposition clear to farmers is integral to opening up new markets.
3: We are coming in to help support farmers, to provide farmers another income stream and finding another way to make uh, you know our agricultural system more economically resilient. So I, I think AgriVoltaics has the opportunity to allow solar projects to be built in these rural areas that that traditionally have opposed solar development.
1: As the U.S. pursues a massive build-out of utility-scale solar, many are hoping to see more state and federal incentives for agrivoltaic projects.
3: So we've already seen some states take an interest in agrivoltaics and offer some types of incentives to support its development. We've seen, for example, the SMART program in Massachusetts New Jersey has a has a program. Other states like Oregon, California, other states have been talking about legislation.
1: Right now, the Department of Energy is funding six agrivoltaic projects with the goal of enabling the deployment of over one megawatt of projects focused on crop production and over 10 megawatts of projects focused on grazing and pollinator habitats.
0: So the five. Gigawatts of systems that have been installed today represent more than $5 billion of investments, more between 5 and $10 billion of investment, And we really see the potential for this market kind of to have no bound.
1: Lightsource BP says that it's interested in getting into crop production, hoping that one of its sites can serve as a test project next year. Well, Far says that Silicon Ranch isn't pursuing partnerships in this space yet. But whatever route both companies, and their backers in the oil industry take when it comes to agrivoltaic development, community relationships and mutually beneficial land use arrangements are going to be paramount to building enough solar for the energy transition.
4: I think we need to do more than just provide renewable electrons. We need to have positive impacts on the ecosystems where we operate. We need to bring value to the communities where we site these solar arrays or we're going to lose our social license to operate and that's gonna hurt our ability to meet some of these very aggressive renewable energy goals that we have as a country.